Hey, hey, hey. Welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable is Okay podcast. I am your host, Chris Desmond. This is the community where we explore the science, the stories, and the strategies of getting out of our comfort zones so we can find where the magic happens for us. Today, I'm chatting with Lucy O'Connor, the creative mind behind Monday Hustle. This is Lucy's second appearance on the Uncomfortable is Okay podcast. Uh, Long-time listeners of the show will uh, remember Lucy from way back in episode 18, uh, back in August 2016. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, make sure you go back uh, and get into it uh, because we really dig into Lucy's backstory then. Um, It's probably also an interesting contrast in terms of style of how the podcast has evolved over the last year as well. Uh, If that is something that you're fascinated by, if not, then don't don't worry about uh, trying to analyze it. Uh, A whole heap, though, has happened since then. Uh, including Lucy having a pretty tough run with her Achilles tendon, two ruptures and an infection that was slow to heal. Uh, this has forced Lucy to slow down, rethink, redefine and reinvent both herself and Monday Hustle. The result is a self-awareness, eloquence and a tight plan. Lucy has infectious enthusiasm, which is great to see after what she's been through. Um, and I always have a blast when I have a chat with her. Um, so hopefully you guys will as well listening today. Again, today we're supported by howtomakesimplevideos.com. Uh, for those of you don't that don't know, my mate Will Fleming has released an awesome course all about how to make simple but professional videos. Uh, if you head over to the Uncomfortable Is Okay Facebook page, you'll see my first attempt at a video. I'm looking forward to doing a few more to uh, get a little bit better at the process um, and uh, just kind of make things a little bit tighter. But I'm pretty stoked with with the first go. Uh, At the moment, Will and the guys at How To Make Simple Videos are offering 100 bucks off the course for listeners of the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Um, they'll also kick us a little bit of commission change as well. So you'll be supporting the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast too. So to claim this, just head over to howtomakesimplevideos.com and enter the discount code uncomfortable at checkout. That's howtomakesimplevideos.com and enter the code uncomfortable at checkout. And one more thing before we kick into it. Did you guys check out the mini episode that I released last Friday, all about what your comfort zone is? Uh, If you haven't, go back, have a listen, let me know what you think. I'm keen to do a few more of these mini episodes um, if you guys like them. And keep your ears open for this week's mini episode. It'll come out on Friday uh, and it's all about optimal anxiety. But that's enough preamble. Thank you guys for getting uncomfortable with Lucy and I today. Lucy O'Connor, welcome back to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. How are you today? 
I'm good, thanks, Chris. It's great to be back feeling very uncomfortable with you today. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's been, <laughs> I think it's been over a year since we chatted last um, on the You're on kidding. the podcast. No, no. That is insane. I do not believe you. To yeah, be honest, be, I'm going to have to go back and check my record. It would be close to it, actually. I think it was... Yeah, yeah. I, I should have looked that up actually before we started talking and started recording. Um, I might have to put that, prep that in the intro. <laughs> you need a producer. That's what you need, Chris. I do. I do. I just put on yeah. my producer hat instead. Yes. Um, Good. Oh. But I mean, we last time we talked, um, it, was, it was a wee while ago anyway. And I think everyone should go back and have a listen to that episode, uh, whatever number it is, because it was it was absolute gold. But for those that are just jumping into the last one, uh, this one, Lucy, do you want to kind of give us a little bit of background about yourself? So we've just got kind of a, a reference point for the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. So yes, my name's Lucy O'Connor. Um, I run the website Monday Hustle, which has evolved over the two and a half years I've been running it. Um, it started when I quit my job, corporate job and decided to kind of hustle for exactly what I wanted in life. And it's taken me on this crazy journey ever since. And I've done things that I've never thought I'd do. And I have had the best times and the worst times and learned a lot over the last, however long that is, 28 months, 20, 30 months. My God, good math. Um, so, yeah, and I've just recovered from a snapped Achilles or in the process of recovering, and that has provided me some great clarity around where Monday Hustle is going. So, yes, anything awesome. else that I've missed? Yeah, you should be the one that knows that, actually. Right. Well, <laughs> I find it hard to keep up with myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Um, um, I, guess, I guess what's important to know is that I guess I'm 28 and I went to university, studied something that I thought would be kind of put off making decisions for three years. So I studied psychology, no regrets with that. But since um, leaving university, I've had this string of jobs that have just made me completely want to stick needles and sewing on tiny tire sewing machines in my skull um, because, yeah, I've really not enjoyed any job I've had since. So Monday Hustle was almost like a rebellion of me being like, right, time to discover things on my own. Mm, yeah, very cool. And yeah, I really liked that at about our, our conversation uh, last time. But I mean, why, why do you think that you went down the kind of uh, going to university traditional job route initially? Honestly, I think I was just young. I didn't know my options. Um, I felt like that was the only structure that I knew. And um, yeah, I just just made a decision. It was almost like I felt like I had to go to university. I really did. And um, yeah, it was kind of seen like a, a failure in some ways if I didn't go. It's all my friends are doing. It's what my family had typically done. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of the expected thing, both from, the place, you know, where I went to school as well as my family, as well as my friends. So all these influences kind of just made me coast along with whatever was happening. And, yeah, in, tra in tra terms of traditional jobs, I received an unexpected internship as soon as I left um, university working in an advertising agency. So then, of course, you know, you think that your work opportunities dictate the rest of your career so it's on your CV that's going to be applicable to certain roles and yeah I just kind of coasted along I guess 
knowing that I wanted something different, but feeling like feeling pressure to take certain roles to for, for money reasons or whatever, but never kind of finding finding fulfillment through them. Mm, yeah, it's really easy to be caught up in kind of that drift of life and drift of kind of what's ex- what you perceive is expected of yourself, um, and you kind of just keep ticking the next box and next box, and um, yeah, look up a couple of years later and you think, oh, actually, how did the hell oh. did I end up here? It's just kind of been ah. kind of a continuous, yeah, continuous drift towards that direction. Absolutely, and you feel like something is going to just change. You feel, you know, and. You, you kind of relax into it thinking, oh, you know, I've still got so much time to do what I want to do. It will just kind of happen when it's ready. But really you're just ignoring the fact that you're not actually taking action in the areas that you want to be. And it's, you know, once I realized that I was like, man, life's just getting away with me and I'm turning up here every day. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hating life or anything, but I certainly don't feel like I'm fulfilled as a human being. So, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah, and it's. I, I think that's um, that's kind of a, an important distinction that it, it's not it's not bad as such, um, but it's not uh, it's not exciting you. It's not fulfilling as well. And I mean, you can. I, I I've been guilty of this at times in my life of kind of just yeah, sort of going along with with the flow. And whether I've just been sort of stuck in that out of a sense of complacency or out of a sense of hey, actually change is a little bit scary and it's uncertain and there is a certain amount of fear and discomfort around that and I haven't been able to step into that myself. Um, Potentially Mm -hmm. a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. It is a really terrifying concept until you break it down, (laughs) think of the worst case scenario and kind of grow from there or motivate yourself from there. And I think it does take a certain amount of self-awareness to get to that point. And I, you know, try and bid on that every day. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just suddenly realizing that something's not just going to happen, I think. And stepping out of yourself for a moment and looking at your life and, uh, with a different lens and going, you know, well, how could I improve this? How could I be happier? How could I be more myself? Mm, mm. And and saying that, sorry to interrupt, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with whatever time that happens in your life. So, you know, everything that I've done has been invaluable to my life, but it might have taken a while to realize it. So every single skill I've learned, even if I've hated the job or the position or whatever, has become so important and so relevant in ways that I never could have even imagined um, so there's never a waste of time or there's never anything that's a wasted opportunity or ev- everything kind of adds up and is useful at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that. I think, I mean, ev- obviously everything that you have done in your life so far has got you to the point that you are at today and are able to kind of make these, make these decisions like, like you have. Um, you made a, an interesting point uh, before about self-awareness being something that you like to try and work on every day. How do you do that? Mm. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> Some days it's harder than others. As in, yeah, I think you just have to be super aware of how everything that you do makes you feel. And that sounds kind of airy-fairy, but at the same time, I think that your emotions and your feelings and your kind of gut is a really great guide and almost acts as like a moral compass or a decisive compass for everything you encounter in life. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've really only started to do that recently, actually after this injury, but I'm finding that I've kind of done more growing this year, even though it's been one of the worst years of my life in a lot of ways. So, um, but yeah, self-awareness has become a super kind of important factor in my life. Mm, cool. I think like I think that's a really pertinent time to to move on to the injury that you had, and we can kind of talk a little bit more about self awareness, kind of wrapped up mm. in that as well. So you um, you snapped your Achilles. How long ago was it now? December fourteenth, two thousand sixteen, seven oh six p.m. Yeah, and is there a good story <laughs> that goes around snapping the Achilles? You know what? I've been so lazy. Everyone always asks me this question and there's not, but I wish I'd made one up. I snapped it playing indoor netball, which everyone goes, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, damn it, that was my opportunity. <laughs> so yeah, playing indoor netball, snapping Achilles, very common story, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, no, it's it's definitely not uncommon. Um, did you have to get carried off afterwards? I am quite stoic, so... <laughs> I was just thinking it was like a sprain and, you know, I knew I, I, I hobbled off by myself and kind of sat there with a pathetic bag of peas on my Achilles. It was only like four minutes to go in the game as well. It was really disappointing. And then I actually walked to my car or limped out to my car and drove my manual car home um, oh, man. because I'd snapped my left Achilles. And I, that's when I knew that something was really wrong. So I sat there kind of like um, that scene in Kill Bill where Uma Thurman's like, trying to will herself to wiggle her toes yeah and yeah. I, do you know that one yeah, yeah yeah and I was like move your foot I was like move your foot lift your foot and I couldn't do anything so I pulled my seat like right up to the steering wheel and I changed gears by pressing on my left knee and, and creating pressure so <laughs> on the clutch so probably not the safest thing but no. um yeah, so I didn't get carried off. I did quite the opposite, yeah. unfortunately. Hopefully there aren't too many police officers listening to this one today. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Just don't Can give you, out yeah. your number plate, eh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so you kind of figured that something was uh, amiss maybe at that point. <laughs> like when did, you, when did you go and get it checked out? I went home to my flat and I um, kind of hobbled up the driveway and all my flatmates were having a barbecue. And I was like, I think I've done something to my ankle. And um, with Snapchat Achilles, like, they don't get massive. So they don't, mm. you know, mine didn't bruise straight away or anything. But I got my flatmate to drop me at the after hours. And I was there for about 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, man. And I was sitting by myself thinking, there's something that's definitely not right here. And I finally got this kind of wave of nausea. And I went up to the um, reception. I was like, is this, is this normal? And she was like, no, you should probably go to the hospital. <laughs> so I went to the, I called an Uber to the hospital. Um, and yeah, that's, that's when they were like, you've snapped your Achilles. And I still had no idea of the scope of the injury. And I was like, that's fine. No problem. <laughs> and went home in a cast and on crutches. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, everyone, uh, Everyone thinks, oh, it's an Achilles, it'll, it'll heal up. Um, like even just with a standard Achilles rupture, you're usually, usually uh, spending a little bit of time waiting for it to heal, letting it rehab. Um, not many people are back on the field quite as fast as uh, Sonny Bill was after um, he, he did his uh, and then got yeah. lost in Brazil. <laughs> well, I didn't get lost in Brazil, but... <laughs> My injury was, unfortunately, it did go downhill further from there. So um, I actually ended up re-snapping it. I slipped on some wet towels on my crutches about four weeks later and re-snapped the Achilles. So whatever healing it had, it had, it had, it had happened, 
was undone. And then they decided to do surgery on it, which was fine. I thought, great, at least it'll be really, really sewn up and stuck there. Um, and then two weeks after my surgery, I went back to the hospital and, yeah, I had a really bad infection in my leg. And so, the yeah, the wound that I was discussing, the wound had basically opened back up. I had a cast on, so I had no idea. And, um, yeah, spent about three and a half weeks in hospital, had a whole bunch of surgeries. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of left hospital in March, but my year has only really started in probably August because I've just been trying to get everything back together. Mm, yeah, that is a, that's a pretty brutal run with it as well. Um, like just with that infection, did you, did you kind of feel that there was something weird brewing down there or start to smell it? Thanks for using the word brewing. That's so gross, so actually gross. And um, no, there was no smell, but <laughs> I just felt really uncharacteristically feverish in the morning. And um, I, yeah, I couldn't make my breakfast because it was too painful to kind of be upright. So I thought, hmm, okay, something's not quite right. Went to the went to the doctor and felt totally fine. Fever had gone, and luckily this nurse worked through her lunch break to find a clinic that could remove the cast just because she wanted to be sure nothing was wrong. Um, so I'm it's forever grateful for this woman. Went to the after hours again, and I was met with some kind of scepticism there. They didn't want to cut the cast off. They were saying things like, oh, you know, you've got no fever now, so blah, blah, blah. And I said, we better check anyway. And then from there, it was like just the most horrendous, like a horror movie. It went from total complacency to total concern, like, oh, my God, you're about to die. I'm not equipped to deal with you. Go to hospital. So it was like a massive kind of shift in energy. And, yeah, and I didn't leave hospital for nearly a month after that. <laughs> oh, that is pretty full on. Um, one thing that popped up for me there is do you, like, characteristically have a certain amount of fever in the morning if you were uncharacteristically feverish? Oh, yeah. Hey, good point. Thanks for pulling me up on my English there. I yeah. don't normally have a fever in the morning. <laughs> okay, I good. said uncharacteristically because I never, ever get fevers. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Some some people kind of might have, uh, they might have kind of wanted to go and follow along with you, but they're like, oh, it's this like, what? She's usually pretty feverish. I don't know if I, if I don't <laughs> like, what is wrong with this girl generally? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was a bit of a segue. Um, so, <laughs> uh, like when you when you first snapped your Achilles, I mean, you're a people can hear you're a pretty happy, bubbly sort of person. Did did it impact you um, much, kind of in terms of your um, the way you were feeling and and how you were mentally initially, and how did that change as things went initially? Downhill? Initially, with the first injury, I was totally fine. I was like, right, this is great. Or, like, I kind of get to cancel my plans and just really focus on a fresh year. So I was feeling really, really positive about it. When I re-snapped it, I was feeling kind of the same because I've been doing a lot of reading, as you do, Dr. Google. And um, there were lots of articles which said surgery was the best way to go, um, you know, conservative treatment. Is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't kind of have the same long-term lasting strength as as um, surgery does. So I was, I was kind of like, oh, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it'll mean that, you know, it's really good for when I get back to being active. Um, but as soon as that infection hit, I mean, I think I was a little bit sick in the head already because of the infection. Um, but it was it was kind of just really scary to have medical professionals treat you so 
not like an inconvenience, but like you were kind of, there was nothing wrong to then, you know, feel like there was this big rushed procedure and I kind of had no idea what was happening and I was just knocked out for like five days in a row. I was like, oh God, what's going on? My mum flew up. Like, yeah, kind of just, I, I think I was in a state of shock for probably the first two weeks, just kind of getting through it. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely had some really, really tough days. Like I'm pretty good at putting on a happy energetic front with people. But when I was like in the hospital by myself, getting woken up at 4am to get intravenous antibiotics every day, it was like, it was pretty tough. Mm, mm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, hospitals aren't the the nicest place to be um, in, in general, but if you are getting sort of poked and prodded at 4am at, uh, well, one, it interrupts your sleep, so it, it puts you on the back foot straight away with that. But um, also kind of that amount of time in hospital, you kind of start thinking, oh, actually, this, this, is, this is pretty serious. This is, totally. Uh, this is something that um, warrants having a little bit of a worry about. So, I mean, you're kind of in, in survival mode, basically, um, yeah. like physically and mentally for, for those couple of weeks um being being in hospital kind of when did you transition out of that and sort of what what state did you were you in at that point oh it took a long time so when I left hospital I was still getting intravenous antibiotics for a week out of hospital so that means that you get what's called a pick line in your arm and that's a um, tube that goes into your arm to straight to your heart and you get antibiotics through like a little tiny plastic bottle which you have to carry around with you in a bum bag 24-7. So, yeah, I kind of was in survival mode for a long time. Then I went to Wellington to recover for a couple of weeks with my family. And when I came up back up to Auckland, yeah, it was such a long process because the skin, unfortunately, was so damaged that it didn't heal until just before I went to Fiji, which was in at the very start of September. So I was seeing a district nurse two to three times a week up until that point and the skin just like wouldn't wouldn't heal itself so I was maybe needing another surgery up until September and it was it was just so hard to kind of get settled into any sort of feeling because it was so uncertain and so like just time you know you just couldn't I couldn't really let myself fall into any sort of negative feeling or I may never have come out of it so yeah I just tried really hard to stay on top of my mental game. Mm. And I know like for, for me, um, helping stay on top of my mental game does usually involve doing a bit of physical stuff and kind of getting out there and moving my body. Obviously, that's pretty difficult as you're recovering um, from an injury like this. What, what strategies mm-hmm. did you use to stay on top of your mental game without that kind of physical outlet? Oh, it was so hard because... Yeah, I, I also made myself step away from Monday Hustle for a little bit, well, for actually quite a long time, and I'm still not back there yet, um, because I wasn't sure that putting pressure on myself to perform and to do work and to have deadlines was the best thing. Physically, I couldn't really do anything either because, you know, any I, I couldn't put any weight on my leg because the skin was still not together. And yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know what strategy. I think it was just, like you said, survival mode. Mm. to obviously a lesser degree when I was in hospital, but I think it was just, you know, just really working mentally to stay mentally positive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, but yeah, it was it was a tough time. Still is, it still can be. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you you said that you you stepped away from Monday Hustle um, at that point. Was that an easy decision to make for you at that time, or did was there a bit of kind of toing and froing on that one? There was a lot of toing and froing. I think because initially when I'd first met my Achilles, I'd thrown myself into it over that Christmas break. And I'd had this really clear idea of what I wanted it to be. And, and I was ready to go. Like I was like, yes, cool. Awesome. This is the best thing ever. And then I just was forced to kind of step back and again and put everything on hold and then do that again once. And then I just kind of, I didn't give up, but I just thought maybe this is a sign that I really just need to stop and let the dust settle and focus on what's important at the moment, which is my full recovery. Mm. And I mean, you're you're on your way to recovery now, and to, from a yeah. from that physical point of view, like where are, where are you at with things physically? Oh, so good. Um, so I'm able to swim. I'm able to go on the exercise, which is great, and um, yeah, getting some dynamic kind of movements in there, which is really cool. But um, yeah, the Achilles still has a wee way to go. It's still very tight, so the muscles just kind of like very solidly stuck. So I can't really bend, bend my Achilles yet. But, um, yeah, it feels like like you were saying about exercise and staying mentally fit, unreal. Like as soon as I started ca- any sort of cardio, my mood was just so much easier to manage and, you know, my positivity levels. So that was a really good test for staying active, you know, good motivation to, to that I'll take with me for the rest of my life, I hope. Yeah, they're, they're pretty interesting lessons when you learn those ones as well. Um like I, I've broken uh, both my legs. Thankfully, not at the same time. But like the the first time I could jump back on an exercise bike and just pedal until I broke into a sweat after mm. kind of three months of being on uh, in a cast and on crutches was just felt amazing. And it probably took me about three minutes to start sweating. And I think I managed like fifteen <laughs> minutes on the bike to start with. But I was just like. I just blow, <laughs> blowing out my ass, but uh, it was uh, <laughs> like it just felt amazing. I was just like, "Oh, that is, that is good. That's what uh, that's what I love." Totally, totally. You just got yeah. It's, it's definitely a good reminder to do it whenever you can. <laughs> mm, mm. And I think like one of the one of the things that is is difficult to uh, is challenging when um, you you almost have this kind of forced break put upon yourself is you start to lose your sense of identity a little Mm, bit within that as well because you can no longer do the things that you want to be doing Um, and that's a that's a really uncomfortable place to be to be put in is that hey you're um, you can't be a social netball player anymore you're limited in your ability to to get around I mean it's uh, you could kind of probably, given how you got home from netball, you could. I'm sure you found a way to drive. Don't don't let us know about it. We probably don't. It, there's legal ramifications from that point of view. But that I mean, hand that's, on heart, I didn't. Oh, did I you? Promise yeah. you that. Yeah. No, okay. no, I didn't. No, yeah. I was yeah. very good. Okay, I was cool. clear to drive an automatic though pretty early, so mm. that could, I could you know get it. I could steal a car if I had to. Not steal. <laughs> Gosh, wrong choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> Borrow. It's just going going further into that hole, eh? Um, I know. I know. What is this criminal theme we've got going? On? <laughs> not good. I'm not a criminal. <laughs> uh, yeah, a feverish criminal at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
uncharacteristically famous <laughs> criminal. I like that. But <laughs> that could be the title of the podcast, actually. <laughs> Love it. Clickbait, um, yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, you've thrown me. Um, yeah, but so losing <laughs> losing your sense of identity around kind of the the things that you usually value in yourself, um, mm. and that's that that is really sort of it puts you in a puts you in an awkward position. And I think, I mean, you can either start to to spiral downwards with that, um, or I mean, I've I've talked to a obviously in my line of work as a physiotherapist, I talk to people kind of around this reasonably frequently Um, Mm. or it does it on the flip side of that, it does kind of um, offer you that kind of almost forces your hand into working on your self-awareness and um, the way that you look at yourself and the way that you value yourself as well. Oh man, yes, beautiful word. Yeah. And so, I mean, what like, did you what did you find out about yourself at that point in time? Do you really want to know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, yeah, no. What you were saying about just losing your identity. I mean, my I didn't realize, but having to sit back and not be active and not be able to do, get to where I wanted to go or do the things I wanted to do, it, it was really confronting. And whenever I did do things that I wanted to do, I felt really Austria, you know, like I felt like everyone was looking at me, which is very a very self-centered way to be, but it was just so foreign to be incapable and to be looked at differently and kind of stared at and almost pitied in some scenarios because I had to be in a wheelchair for a while. And that kind of opened my eyes to a whole nother world of empathy and just yeah, it was it was really fucking hard. Like <laughs> it was um a very confronting time and, and I was I was lucky because I knew that mine had an end date but it just really got me thinking about how people deal with things every single day that you would just you have no idea about and um, yeah and to have that happen to me and to feel like my identity was somehow tied to people's reaction that, that kind of is what made me sit back and go hang on a sec how, how do I feel about this you know how do I feel about myself how do I see myself and kind of build from there. Um, so yeah, I realized that a lot of my identity is wrapped up in being in being able and being able to be fit, to be out there, to be socializing and to really just enjoy the simple things in life, I guess. Um, socializing being a massive one. And it also was a really interesting time because it really weeded out the people in your life who actually care about you and who want the best for you and who are there for you no matter what. And so it was kind of a bittersweet scenario where some people really stepped up and were really constantly there and trying to understand them. And then other people just didn't even, I mean, you can't, you can't blame anyone because they wouldn't have understood the scope of the injury or whatever, but you know, it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. That person gets it. That person's there. That, that's, that's cool. I'm glad I've got them in my life. <laughs> mm. Did you find that you, you've developed stronger relationships with those people because of this? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because I was in a really vulnerable position. And um, I think even in hospital, you know, like I kind of don't take it on myself, but I tend to be sometimes the entertainer or, you know, the energy um, in a lot of scenarios. And so I felt like I still had to be that and do that. And um, what that taught me is is that I don't have to be that all the time, especially when, you know, things aren't going so well. Um, 
So, yeah, that's kind of what I learned through that. Mm, yeah, very cool, very cool. And I think, I mean, that there are a lot of lessons that we can we can take away from that. And obviously in this instance that you've had quite a sort of uh, an outward manifestation of a loss of ident- identity and a loss of a loss of ability because I mean people can see you rocking around and um, on a wheelchair or kind of um, yeah throwing up pictures on Instagram of you on your Sunny Bill scooter uh, having races yeah, yeah, with yeah. people yeah yeah I, I I very much appreciated them by the way um, oh good I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean there are there are a lot of other people out there as well that I mean we can't see that. The kind of physical manifestation of of their loss of identity or their loss of um, their loss of ability because they've got kind of mm. a whole lot of other things that are that are going on for them that we we don't really know about as well. Like you, like you mentioned with with some of your friends that they um, that, that so there were some people that kind of maybe didn't step up that you kind of expected to. But again, in that, in mm. that instance, you don't know what's what's happening for them much like they don't know what's happening for you at, at this point mm. in time as well so it's yeah I, I think it's having having an injury or having kind of some kind of setback and coming out the other side of it is is really valuable for I wouldn't wish it on anyone but it's actually really valuable yeah. for um, kind of developing a lot of empathy around what other people are going through um, and your ability mm. to sort of think okay cool this person I, I don't know what's going on for them but I can uh, I can be there and I can um, kind of offer what sort of support that I that I can and, and support them and, and figure out a way to support them somehow mm-hmm. absolutely and then also in the process of recovery you know I'm still not a hundred percent and in those early days where I'd just come off crutches and I just you know I was literally finding my feet again. People just didn't know that I had this, you know, injury that I was dealing with because I was walking around, you know, getting coffee again, yay, um, and doing normal things, looking like a normal person. And that was kind of interesting to think about people who suffer invisible injuries, so chronic pain or mental health issues. And just we're all walking around with so much going on that it was just a really good reminder to to be kind to people and to not make assumptions about, you know, not let your ego get in the way of whether you think you know someone's a dick to you and you think it's you but really it's probably just something that they're dealing with so yeah it taught me to kind of treat every situation with kindness and and empathy which was a really really good life lesson Mm, yeah it's it's a fantastic one to to be able to to do that and I mean like I think there are there are kind of other ways that you can you can develop that I mean there's a like um, mindfulness is a is kind of one of the, the hot topics at the moment and um, it does kind of uh, practicing mindfulness or some kind of um, sort of meditative practice or just kind of even a, a awareness practice um, it, it gives you that space to kind of take a step back from a situation if someone is kind of cut you off in traffic and rather than just flipping them in the bird um, just kind of <laughs> having a step back and saying, okay, yeah, I don't know what the potentially this person is rushing to, to get to the hospital um, because their wife's having a baby to use the Mm-mm. kind of age old example. Um, yeah. And on that note, I'm going to pivot 
a little bit. Um, okay. Because I want to, I want to talk about Monday Hustle now and kind of the where it's where it's going. Because I mean, you you just threw yourself into it initially, um, and mm. sounded like you were you were very excited about that. But then you've gone through kind of this this transformative process um, of the the injury and the recovery, um, beginning the recovery afterwards, and. So Monday Hustle is coming back as well. It's coming it's back. back. Better than ever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and that has a lot to do with my injury, actually. So, mm. yeah, I started Monday Hustle with really good intentions, and I never expected it to go anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, all of a sudden I was, you know, people were wanting to follow this journey. And I kind of felt like a fraud and an imposter because, I'd never really had social media before, so that was all new to me. I'd definitely never been active on social media. And, um, you know, this whole blogging world, I really had an internal battle with myself about whether or not to launch it because I was so petrified of being seen, you know, like I was almost a control freak and that I didn't want to have myself on the internet because I didn't want to not be able to control how people interpreted it and how people judged me for it. And so that was like a massive step. So anyway, started Monday Hustle and it was really cool. And I was like, oh, okay, now I feel pressure to like make something happen. So I was doing really awesome stuff and running around and going to events and getting these awesome little contract jobs. And, you know, all of a sudden I was getting this external recognition in a lot of ways. And that was fantastic. But at the same time, it actually, like I kind of lost myself in that definitely towards the end of last year. Um, In fact, I was thinking about, stopping Monday Hustle at the end of last year because I just felt so overwhelmed with where it was and felt like a fraud and that I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really know where it was going. And um, if I didn't know, how could anyone else get value from it? So I had a real kind of crisis, I guess, with it at the end of last year. And then I set my Achilles. So <laughs> the world works in mysterious ways. Um, and yeah, that just kind of let everything settle and allowed me to the space to refocus on not what everyone else wanted from me, but what I wanted from me and what I expected from me and what my values are. And obviously that had been filtering into the platform as I, because it was me, it's me running it. But just being able to clarify and define what those key points were and work out why people were so interested in it in the first place has really allowed me like a great stepping stone going forward. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. That is, yeah, that's, that's very awesome. Like what, what are your values? If people want to come and uh, follow along with Monday Hustle, like what, what can they be looking, looking forward to from a values perspective? Well, I, um, I mean, is it from me or is it from the brand? Because they're different things. Are they? <laughs> I think, um, are, I are think, they... well, obviously me through the brand is mm. always going to happen, but, um, what I what I kind of want to instill in other people is the purpose of Monday Hustle. And so as a brand, that while that is still me, it's still kind of trying to lift up others as much as possible through what that content and what that output is. Whereas me as a person, you know, I'm still not entirely separate from that, but I still have different things that I won't share on Monday Hustle. Like Monday Hustle is not really about relationships or family or, you know, it's kind of more towards the self and career and finding out what, what makes you tick. Mm, cool. Very cool. Now, 
with the kind of the the relaunch of Monday Hustle now, is it different? Like, is it quite different from what you were, what your vision was, like at the start of the year, or just after you snapped your Achilles? Is there much kind of disparity between what it what it is going to be and no, what you had ideas never- then? The thing is, like, it's always been, you know, I kind of take back what I said before in terms of it's different to me because it's always been about what the, the values that I have very deep in my heart, which have kind of been overshadowed by life, you know, taking different career paths and things that didn't fulfill me. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's not going to be vastly different. The content might differ, and I think my tenacity in terms of what I'm trying to achieve is going to be far more clear and interesting and kind of entertaining um, than before. But this common thread through everything for Monday Hustle has been what I think about how life should be. And I just haven't been able to articulate that properly before. But I guess that's what everyone has kind of been picking up on through my posts and through my content so far. So it's just now I've distilled that and I have a really clear purpose and message and a clear set of values that I'll you know guide the brand with and things like that so yeah it's, it's not changing but it is totally changing if that makes sense mm. yeah not not changing but probably more defined more streamlined kind of kind of yeah thing. more kind of core purpose and more um yeah more of a mission than okay than just kind of coasting along and making content happen Cool. Do you have a do you have a mission statement for it that you're you're happy to share? <laughs> I'm hoping that you say that. Um, I do, but I have a few. So there's kind of like the public one or the tagline, if you will, and that's going to be something along the lines of not 100 percent yet, but something along the lines of rethink, redefine, reinvent, and that's the idea of kind of stripping back every element of your life, redefining what certain things mean or whether or not you actually you know, connect with things that people expect of you. So it's redefining. Basically, the whole concept is redefining what you what you determine as successful for yourself. Is being successful becoming an entrepreneur and making a million dollars? Probably not for everyone, but a lot of people feel like that's the new pressure. So I guess from my experience growing up, I kind of wish I had something like Monday Hustle, which allowed me the space and kind of gave me permission to actually think about these things and not have the pressure that there's a time limit on it, if that makes sense. So rethink, redefine, reinvent. And the reinvention part is you going out into the world, trying things, enjoying things, failing undoubtedly, undoubtedly at things, but learning about yourself in the process and kind of creating a compass for yourself for your next move and eventually enjoying the best possible version of your life that you could ever hope for. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I, I really do like that. Um, and I think it's like it's a thought process that I'm I'm coming to more and more often as well as that. Um, I mean, you're you kind of you're you're on this path and you you veer off it at time to from time to time and um, kind of go down go down sort of certain avenues. You you have a failure, you learn a little bit more about yourself and, and you kind of re redirect or, or reinvent yourself at that mm. point. And I think it's a like I think it's a kind of probably a never ending process because oh, absolutely. Yeah, our knowledge is going to change, our preferences change. Um 
yeah, our environment around us changes as well. So, yeah, I think like that is a, that is a, a mission for it is is awesome, mm. and I think it's ah. like yeah, it's just going to blow up. Oh, mate, thank you. I really hope so. Um, but it's it's not just career focused. It's it's also about you know me going through that Achilles thing. I was forced to rethink you know, the situation and redefine it for myself and then reinvent myself through the process rather than against it. So, you know, it, it, you do that, you're, what you said, you know, you do that process all the time in your life, all the time. And I think through failures and through setbacks, that's the most important time ever to rethink, redefine and reinvent because, you know, you still remain you through that process, but it's easy for that to get knocked back and for you to become confused and, and you know lose yourself a bit in that so yeah it's just always coming back to those three things what do I think about this how do I actually define it and where am I going to go from here Mm. very cool very cool um so Lucy uh, I mean if people are keen to to follow along with you and find out more stuff about yourself and and about Monday Hustle um where should they go how can they do that well, you can um, follow Monday Hustle on Instagram at Monday Hustle. Follow Monday Hustle on Facebook, Monday Hustle. Type that into the search bar, it should come up. And um, www.mondayhustle.com. And there's also a mailing list which you can subscribe to and keep up to date with everything that's happening because, yeah, as you know, I'm trying to motivate people to do these things. I myself am going to be getting out of my comfort zone a lot and just trying to show people what's possible with a bit of a bit of action and a bit of commitment and a bit of excitement. Mm, beautiful. And and what big things have you got coming up? Ooh, well, the relaunch is big. Yeah. <laughs> um, insider, insider knowledge. I'm going to be um, publicly posting my bucket list on Monday Hustle when it goes live. And that's kind of a way to keep myself accountable for ticking off the things that I want to do in life and not getting complacent about them. So there could be some really massive things on the way and some really lame things as well, but you know. Um, so yeah, you'll have to check that out to see what's happening on Definitely. Lucy's bucket list. Yeah, that, that's very cool. And I was I had a conversation with a, one of my mates um, actually on the on the podcast the other day, and he what he's done is he has uh, posted his goals for the year on his Facebook cover. Uh, picture so they're, oh, they're up there so it keeps them keeps them accountable because yeah hundred a couple of hundred people have seen them oh geez yeah i really like that so much stress but like you know you just got to make it happen like mm. just out there yeah yeah i think that that segues quite nicely into the next couple of questions that i want to ask you um the mm-hmm. the first one is what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and how did you get through it Oh, good one. Okay, well, oh, I don't know if I want to say that one, actually. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind. Um, oh, I know, I know, I know. I've got it. Okay, so before I set my Achilles, gosh, it all comes back to this damn injury. Before I set my Achilles, I was working as an event manager, and that was really cool, and I kind of, you know, it, was, it wasn't a particularly hard role, and I was pretty comfortable doing it. Set my Achilles, and after the whole drama went down, I was um, – forced to not forced to resign but I chose to resign because I couldn't literally couldn't do my job for six months and um so yeah I resigned from that position and a week later I was being interviewed to become a copywriter and I was like what like someone who writes the content for another brand and I was thinking 
like I've never done anything like that. I've never been employed to write, certainly. I may write every week, but, um, you know, that's, that's not really what I identify with, with my work history. So I went for the job, ended up getting the job, and, yeah, just had mad imposter syndrome, probably up until today when I got home from work. Um, but, yeah, that was probably very uncomfortable. And I think I just dealt with that by just having the fundamental knowledge that I could make it happen, that I could learn, that I could produce content, you know, like writing is something that I know how to do. So I just had to consistently remind myself about that. I may be out of my comfort zone, but I can, I know that I can learn what I need to know. And if I don't know, I can just ask someone. Worst case scenario, I get, I get fired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What is the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do? And why is that uncomfortable for you? Oh man, I'm relaunching my logo on Monday and um, I'm really nervous about that. I always get, like, I think a logo is such an important part and um, yeah, that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I think I'll be, have to go off Instagram for the day and just not read the comments for a wee while. I mean, I love it, but uh, I don't know if you've found this, but a logo can be a very personal thing. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And because it's had such a big deal with us as well, I'm feeling a little bit anxious that it's not going to meet people's expectations or everything going forward isn't going to meet people's expectations. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous about everything <laughs> at the moment. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing as long as you don't let it overwhelm you. Yes. Lucy, I mean, we've chatted a little bit about it um, so far. Um, but do you have any other strategies that you use for approaching uncomfortable situations? Oh, yeah, sometimes I picture myself as an 80-year-old and I just think, you know, would I be disappointed if I didn't do this, if I didn't try this, if I didn't, you know, work harder to get through this because being uncomfortable is working through the tough stuff as well. And I just, you know, always think about that future self looking back, wondering how much it will matter then. And whether like what if the outcome's great, you know? And I never knew what where that where that journey could take me. So yeah, I quite often just look back on myself as an old Lucy O'Connor woman, and um, yeah, just think what what would she do? Would she be proud of me right now? <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I really so I kind like of that. like step out step outside myself in order to do stuff myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your future <laughs> self to force yourself into it. That's it. That's it. Act as your own parent or your own guide. Yeah, yeah. And um, also thinking about what advice I'd give other people. That's also a real, a real kicker. I'm always like, damn it, why did I think of that? Now I have to do it. Mm, mm, yeah, both <laughs> two, two very good strategies to use. Lucy, I've got one more question for you, but I just want to say thanks for for taking some time to have a chat with me this evening. Um, I know you get a rush off to dinner soon, Um, but I also want to say thank you basically for for just epitomizing going, getting uncomfortable. Um, And with the Achilles, it was kind of forced on you, admittedly, Um, but sort of... Working, working through that and coming out the other side uh, as a sort of a more well-rounded, uh, better, more driven person. So, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you for those words. That's just 
Oh, I'm blushing. Can't <laughs> that. Uh, you're <laughs> That's welcome. Very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Lucy, before I ask my last question, is there anything else that you want to add today? Yes. Well, I actually, when thinking about my logo and my brand, it's um, kind of funny because at the start I had, I didn't, you know, Monday hustle were kind of two great words and the idea of hustling kind of felt like what I was doing, like I was trying to work it out. And it's funny how things work out because Monday hustle is still so relevant to everything that I'm doing. And the kicker there is like, you have to hustle to become the version of yourself that means that you'd never dread a Monday again. So it's kind of like, that's the hustle. It's not the money. It's not the job. It's not anything. It's just what the day that you look forward to Monday or don't dread Monday, you'll know that you're, you're on the right track. So yeah, that's mm. my closing comment Three Monday hustle. That is very cool. That is very cool. All right. Final question. Do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week? To do to do yeah oh oh okay um that's funny you say that so my challenge oh yes no I do I do I would like you to take a cold shower every single day for the next week like fully cold no okay the first 30 seconds has to be like the coldest temperature on your shower first 30 seconds of the shower every day it'll change your life okay okay I think we can. I think we can do that. Um, I don't know if I'll Instagram you say that live now. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I've been, no I, I've been doing like the last thirty seconds cold, but I'm already quite warm by that stage. So the first thirty will be it'll be a different challenge. Give it a go. Give it All a right. go. I will. <laughs> I'll let people know how it goes afterwards, not during. Good. Yes. <laughs> No, <laughs> unless you just put your phone there and you can just hear it. Maybe I'd try that as well. Um, yes. Lucy O'Connor, thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today. Thank you for talking to me, Chris. Always a pleasure. There you have it, team. I hope you enjoyed the chat that Lucy and I just had today. Uh, I'm not super looking forward to cold showers tomorrow, but lucky it's coming into summer, so it's a little bit warmer in the morning for me. Uh, I'll let you know how that one how that one goes. Um, before we before we head off, uh, just a reminder: if you're into making simple yet professional videos, head over to www.howtomakesimplevideos.com. Enter the discount code Uncomfortable at checkout. Uh, get a hundred bucks off uh, my mate Will's course uh, and they'll also kick us a little bit of commission change to help out with the show as well. If you're not into making videos there are a couple of other ways you can support the show. Um, The easiest is probably just clicking subscribe on your favorite podcast app uh, so you get a new interview episode every Tuesday and from now on a new mini episode every Friday. If you've listened to a couple of episodes, you're liking what you hear, make sure to leave us a review. It helps the uncomfortable is okay concept to get into more ears and minds. Uh, Or you could share the episode out on social media or with your mates. If you want to, you can donate a couple of bucks to the show via uh, Patreon, www.patreon.com slash uncomfortable is okay. Uh, as always, theme music is provided by my super talented brother, Jeremy Desmond. 
Um, and as always, thank you guys so much for, for spending some time with Lucy and I and getting uncomfortable with us today. We'll have a great week and see you again on Friday.